Welcome to Season 2 of the PPC Ponderings Podcast. In this season, we're platforming people we don't personally know well, but who do know PPC well. Kirk is a big fan of making new friends, so look at these episodes as friendly chats between two new friends learning about PPC together. Today, we join Kirk as he has a conversation with Zato's very own senior paid search strategist, Sarah Vlietstra. Sarah and Kirk chat customer service and how important client communication is to a successful PPC agency. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy our conversation with Sarah. All right. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. Uh, It is a delight to have you. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here where I am every day, but here. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. We see each other a lot. Yes. uh, During the week. So, well, I mean, a lot as in we see each other since we work together. Uh, For those who are not familiar, um, Sarah is one of our Zato team members. So we're we're delighted to to put her on the podcast, um, uh, specifically about her knowledge uh, with client communication and that sort of thing. Um, but but Sarah, where where are you from for the for the visitors who are listening? I am in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where it is currently one of the thirty sunny days of the year. <laughs> is that is that a made up stat or is that a true stat? Like is that well? Is it actually only slightly 30 days? slightly an exaggeration? But it is cloudier in West Michigan than it is in the Pacific Northwest. Oh my goodness. That is, that's bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but but clearly not something that uh, you know hindered you from moving there. So, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, <laughs> um, yes. And then uh, yeah. So let's see. You know, I I know some of this stuff just obviously since we worked together in that. But um, yeah, what do you what do you do for fun? What do you do in the in the downtime when you're not working? Yeah, well, I have a family. I have a husband and two two boys, and so they keep me they keep me very busy with all of their activities and their energy. Uh, I also like to do some arts and crafts, and I recently have taken up crocheting, which is very fun, making little people and animals out of yarn. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I, I just saw, I don't think I told you about this. I just saw a meme this morning. Um, it was like a, a little cartoon meme, like four panels. And it shows this, this guy and he's crocheting this scarf and he's like, Oh, new hobby. I love this. This is so helpful for my mental health. And then it shows this monster behind him and the monster's like, you must monetize that hobby. And the guy's like, I don't really want to do that. And the monster in the next frame's like, you must monetize the hobby. And then in the last frame, it shows him and he's like really sad and stressed out and there's scarves all around him. And there's like for sale, scarves for sale and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. I, I just thought it was kind of That funny. is really funny. <laughs> and another creepy example of how well our devices know us. I got a news article on my phone, um, on my Google app regarding... Uh, people asking chat GPT for crochet patterns and them turning out just like monstrosities. (laughs) And and I was like, my phone knows me way too well. That is scary. So they, so they asked chat GPT, chat GPT gave them a response and they just like, they just followed followed the the instructions and they did not look like what chat GPT said it would look like. (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's funny. And I apologize for those listening. They won't see that. But if, if people are watching, 
my uh, my camera keeps going fuzzy and i got one of these like it's supposed to be this like amazing it's like the opal camera it's kind of this cool everyone talks about it and I, the thing drives me nuts because it goes fuzzy all the time on me so i have to like put my hand in front of the camera to refocus it um those listening to audio won't have any idea what i'm talking about uh so oh and then final important question um the, whatever like did you leave the tortoise when you moved to Ms. michigan <laughs> Or do you still have your tortoise? Uh, our Russian tortoise went and uh, now lives with the neighbor that was across the street from us. And he built a habitat for uh, him and sends us pictures of oh. him every now and then still. So he's still he's still doing great. You're the first person I've ever known who has a tortoise, who had a tortoise friend. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of have wanted a tortoise ever since I learned of that. But probably they won't do so well in our northern hemisphere not outside you need a terrarium keep them indoors yeah Mm -hmm. put slogging through the michigan snow (laughs) (laughs) even even slower (laughs) an even slower tortoise let him outside (laughs) to go to the bathroom Um, and two hours later go looking (laughs) for him yeah um cool so maybe tell us a little bit about what you do for zato and then we'll we'll kind of get into um the ppc topic today so yeah what do you what do you do for us sarah yeah so i am one of the uh, paid search strategists here so i have a, a kind of a portfolio of clients that i work with i'm in charge of you know managing the strategy for their accounts uh creating their accounts optimizing their accounts following up with them, sending monthly reports, and uh, kind of having discussions with them in terms of strategy as well and direction of the accounts. Cool, cool. Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways that agencies typically do, you know, client management, account management. And the really funny thing, I was I was just listening to an agency owner who does the other way. Um, and they, they were kind of doing like a marketing video and it was funny to hear them talk about their way because they were saying it as in this like huge positive. And I was just laughing because like, you know, when we're on prospect calls, we talk about our model as a positive and that's, and that's kind of this idea of, do you have as kind of the oversimplified two models, do you have account managers who actually are doing the work in the accounts and then like more of a project manager type thing that they kind of communicate with clients and that sort of thing? Or do you have an individual who's doing both? They're both the ones working in the account and communicating with the client. So those are those are kind of the two models. And it's just funny to me because it kind of depends on which model you do as far as like you, you tend to see the, the benefits of your model. And you're like, yeah, this is the best model. It's what we do. You know, we, we, we've gone down the route of having, you know, someone like yourself where you actually are doing the work in the account. And then you're also the one kind of communicating those changes. That way you don't, you don't have to rely on someone else to kind of get the communication right or something like that. But what, what I found is like that also means that then you're going to have to be good at, um, both kind of technical work as well as like, like the geek side of things, as well as like client skills and soft skills. And, you know, Sarah, you're, you're one of those individuals who's, who's good at both, but that is challenging to find someone like that. Um, so I think you wanted to talk some of, about that, like client communication, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, what? Maybe I'll let you kind of guide the conversation to how you want to move into. Um, like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have a specific something you want to chat on that? Some specific tips, or um, yeah, I'll give you the mic. Yeah, I think probably one of the most important things that I've learned from working with clients over the years has been that they have very <clears throat> limited time. And you need to 
focus on the things that are important and then also uh, explain to them or help them to see how that is important for their overall goal. So how can we help them uh, and then give them some steps that can assist with that? And then also in your communications with them, be succinct and to the point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so, so what are some of the, like, do you, like, do you have a regular cadence where you are communicating with clients? What are, what are some of the different mediums that you communicate with clients? Um, do you have, you know, preferred mediums? Um, yeah, what are, what are some thoughts around that? Maybe cadence and mediums. Mm-hmm. I think there's a time and a place for both email and phone communications. But what I find is email is the best way to focus on, you know, small strategic steps that may need to be taken by the client if they need to do something in the account for you or if there's something that needs to be updated on their end or if you just have a quick question. However, phone calls are also extremely important. And I find that it's actually during the phone calls that the clients will indicate if there is a a greater preference for them in the account, if there's something that they're not seeing in the account, uh, what type of strategy they want to have moving forward. These types of things don't typically come through in email communications. It's best to have, uh, you know, at least a regular communication cadence over phone as well. Uh, Well, be it, uh, you know, a regularly scheduled call or just reaching out to them to get something set up. Yeah, and we've and we've talked about this a lot internally. Um, like I'm I'm a huge fan of email, but some of that is personality, you know, just because I I can kind of I get my thoughts a little bit better when I'm writing them than talking for for whatever reason. But one of the other benefits to email that I've always liked is that you kind of have the the clarification, the written receipts, and that might come more as like the agency owner with with like mm-hmm. understanding of how you know sometimes things can unnecessarily, you know, unfortunately go bad um, or at least maybe get awkward, that sort of thing. And, and, and not even when it's like bad per se, but sometimes just when, Oh, we just need something to like, we just need to remember what was communicated originally about what were the ROAS targets. Right. So, um, you know, so some, some ways with emails too, you know, like you had said, you know, totally agree that sometimes a call is really important, especially for the, some of those bigger things. But then I think like having some sort of, of email follow-up can, can also be a helpful way of, of getting both then. Thanks for the call. Um, here, you know, here's a quick bullet point list. You know, here's what we discussed. Here were the action points. Uh, here's what, here's what Zato's going to do based on this call. You know, here's, here's what client is going to do based on this call. You know, whatever their brand is, you know, whatever their name is. Um, and, it, and it also kind of, you also get a little bit of both. Um, that you you have the discussion, so you have that helpful medium, but also you you know you kind of get it into writing, so everyone is like aware of it, and it's and it's one more chance for if there is going to be a miscommunication accidentally, because um, that happens, it's one more chance for that to be caught. If they're like, "Whoa, hold on!" In the bullet points, you said that we set a six ROAS and we set we set a seven ROAS. Oh, okay, you know, then we can talk about that. Um, so, yeah, I I find that. I find that helpful. I think I think we we try to do that well here. So definitely, I think the email follow up too. Yeah, as you as you had said, is is vitally important, especially when things when you're talking about things like ROAS targets or any other additional KPIs or budget changes. Having that record of communication through email is something that's definitely necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us about some client reporting stuff. Um, 
love it, hate it. Uh, what do you what are what are your thoughts on client reporting? Have have some tips for that. Uh, again, like I had said earlier, uh, I do question how much of the report the client ends up reading. <laughs> so I I think we have kind of a specific format to our monthly reports that I enjoy. It's basically telling the client, you know, what was the major thing that happened in your account? What did we do in that account? And why are we seeing uh, things performing the way that they are? And having a, an attachment to go along with that from a reporting software is always helpful as well to kind of tell that story or that dialogue as to what's going on in the account. And uh, we typically send those out the first couple weeks of the month. And I, I really enjoy that cadence. We also do offer a, a phone call after that, but typically you have to be a bit more proactive to get the clients on the phone as they are also fairly busy at the beginning of the month as well. Uh, I, I, I find the things that we say within the report to be very necessary, but again, I, I do wonder how much of it is being read or uh, you could tell which clients read it because they'll respond and actually answer the questions that you ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes I've found sometimes that's a trust thing um, in, in like a, in like a good way. I mean, like mm -hmm. we found some of, you know, sometimes the clients that you never hear from, it's just because we've worked with them for so, for so long. They, they trust us. So I, I think if they are reading it, they just don't have any questions. They have other things to do kind of like, cool, you guys do mm -hmm. your thing. In that case, what I like about that report is I almost feel like it's this ongoing it's just kind of like ongoing us continuing to check in like, yep, we're still on this. Here's some key takeaways. Here's some thoughts on this, blah, blah, blah. And in that case, I think this is an example, especially for the clients. I'm talking about the clients who've been with us for like six years and, mm -hmm. and they're just like, cool, you guys are still doing the thing. I love it. Um, let's continue on. And they might not even say that. And like the fact that there's, they're going to be with us for years more demonstrates that trust. And that's kind of cool. Um, one thing I thought of too um, and, and then I, I, I'd like to ask you about like, what are some of the things you like to include in key takeaways and what are things you bring out in those reports? But one of the things that I think is really helpful and important, and we found this out, we've, we, I, I remember we've had this happen where, um, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple of years back, a few years back, we, we basically had um, more than one client kind of like finally tell us, you know, we might've had them for a year. So we're sending monthly reports. They've received like 14 reports from us. And finally, they're just like, this report isn't helpful to me. It's not showing me the information I want to see. And we're like, oh gosh, like we'd love to have a helpful report for you. So how can we do that? And like, we were able to work with them. And, and I think that's, that's one of the things like, you know, to your point of, are they even looking at it? Sometimes the best thing to do might be just literally to ask your clients, is this report helpful for you? And if not, what would make it helpful for you? Um, mm -hmm. Because like if all of us are wasting time because it's not actually showing them the KPIs they want or, or need to see, then then like let's change that because the, the whole point of this is to, to, to help them make better decisions and to be to be more in touch. So sometimes it's as simple as asking the clients, although sometimes like some clients still won't read it and that's okay. So um, let, yeah, let's talk key takeaways though. Cause that's, that's one of the things that we do is, is as we send those KPIs, we do like to you know, call out certain things, talk through that. Um, what are some helpful things to think through from your perspective on like monthly reports and, and how you think through some of the things like, like what do you determine is worth calling out in a report? Yeah, I think that they like to see the year over year or month over month 
uh, changes in terms of the amount of clicks they're receiving, the amount of sales or leads they're receiving, and how that has fluctuated over the month. But if something major or substantial has happened, such as the website went down or um, they had out-of-stock products, something that really would have impacted their performance, it's important to call that out right at the beginning uh, because that will definitely impact some of the metrics that we're seeing within the report. Uh, A few other things that I like to call out in key takeaways are uh, things such as uh, new campaigns that were added or perhaps how a network was expanded, how we maybe we added additional search terms and we saw a higher amount of searches for those search terms. And also kind of how that corresponds across both platforms. We work with Google and Microsoft ads here. And if we're seeing similar performance within both platforms or if the performance is may, may actually have an inverse relationship, which we've seen that as well. Yeah, very, yeah, very, very, very helpful. Um, yeah, what what you said about that big picture, like let's say there's a big problem, conversion tracking, things like that. You know, getting that, presenting that as kind of the primary thing to discuss in the report. I, I feel like that's really important. Um, you know, t- don't bury the lead. Like, yeah. You know, you don't you don't want a report where you're just talking through, well, some things changed over time and blah, blah, blah. And here's some things. And, and like at the very end, it's like also, you know, conversion tracking was down for, you know, a week and a half. So my, most of these KPIs are totally are totally unhelpful in comparison purposes. <laughs> well, like, but, you know, to, first of all, like hopefully they even got there to see that if, if you buried it. Um, but if that's kind of the big story, like present that in a way where you're, you're bringing that out. Um, that's also how like client calls and stuff should go too. I, I find, you know, sometimes someone has an agenda of seven things they want to get through and it's just such a simple thing, but prioritizing what is the most important. Like if we don't get to this, then, then we waste the call. But if we, if we don't get to the, if we don't get to the other things, it's not that big of a deal. Like always lead with those prioritization things because you might end up spending so much time on those that you don't you don't get to whatever is next and and like you know keep those efficient. So um, we're we're about a, out of time, but uh, one last question for you here. So I I just think you're you're just extremely good at customer service. Um, I, like I I just we've always felt like that. Um, so you know Sarah was one of our one of our reps for Google. Um, you know, back in the day with Zato and like, we, I, I remember even like, you know, we would, we would kind of have some back and forth about something that Google was doing and that. Um, and I've just always, I've just always felt like you're just really, really good at, um, customer service, conflict resolution, that sort of thing. Like, like, what do you think? Why, why do you think that is? Like, what makes you really good at customer service? How do you, how do you view that that results in you, uh, being really skilled at that? Like, what are some thoughts around that? Mm hmm. I think empathy has always kind of been a major player in that. Really think about the issue from their point of view, as opposed to, you know, your point of view, if it's causing you problems, if it's resulting in, you know, increased amount of troubleshooting time, what is it that they're dealing with and how can you assist in uh, in remedying that situation? That and uh, really making it feel like the other person is being heard and that you understand what they're saying and understand what they're going through. I think those are those are pretty important. Uh, but underlying all of that, you you want to have rapport. You really want to 
uh, let the client know that you are ultimately there for their best interest as well. You're not just, you know, an employee of theirs or a subcontractor that they've hired, but you want to see them succeed. And, um, and you know, you, you care about them as a person. I think that goes really far. Yep. I love it. And, and one thing that we've talked about too, is just, you know, clients, um, you know, like what you're saying at the end, uh, having respect for them, communicating well with them, having empathy. And also like clients are typically hiring us as the experts for PPC. And so sometimes that means like what respect looks like and like doing what's best for them and their business is sometimes actually um, being, being willing to push back on important times too, right? Um, it, sometimes it actually means like giving the hard truth in, in empathy, um, but being, being willing to communicate like, you know, I don't think it'd be best to shut off this campaign like right now because of X, Y, Z, um, for the good of the mm -hmm. business. So they've, they've hired professionals and that's, you know, professionals is willing to, um, stand up for the truth at times, even, even doing so tactfully and, and, uh, cheerfully and empathy <laughs> and empathetically. So, um, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Uh, really appreciate it. Appreciate you and all your work. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll stay tuned for the next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Stay tuned for the next episode of the PPC Ponderings podcast to keep learning PPC. If you are a person with a brilliant PPC tactic that the world needs to know about, please apply to be a podcast guest online at zatomarketing.com slash ponderings hyphen guest. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please make sure to leave us a review on whatever your preferred podcast provider is. But in the meantime, May the auctions be ever in your favor.